Hey friends, and welcome to the kickoff of season three of the Retro Game Guys podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and I'm joined by my good friends, the retro gaming guru, Zach. Rock and roll. And the infrequent gamer, Alex. That's me. As our uh, long-term listeners know, for our first two seasons, there were four Retro Game Guys, but this season's going to be a bit different. Our resident obsessive collector, JP, has had to tap out owing to the demands of family and everything else. I think we can all understand having to step back from some obligations on our time with everything uh, going on around uh, around us these days. Mm-hmm. I was going to make some joke here about him getting locked in the game vault, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think we'll leave those bad jokes to uh, Mr. Zach over there. Oh, uh, there'll be plenty of bad jokes at JP's <laughs> expense in future episodes. Dude, there was you. plenty of bad jokes at his expense when he was here. It's not going to stop. That's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, seriously, I'm going to miss him on the podcast. Like, you know, he's one of my best friends. He was a founding member of the Retro Game Guys, even before it was a podcast. Yeah, we were just right. selling games at shows and stuff like that around the Bay Area. Um, guy added a lot of humor to this show, yeah. <laughs> sometimes unintentionally. Mostly unintentionally. Yeah, with his coughs and like stories of collecting Furbies. Uh, <laughs> I remember that blew me away. I was like, yeah. you do what? You have what? You have yeah. two Furbies. Deadpan, remember? He's like, oh yeah, like my Furbies. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Rewind. What did you just say? In the yeah. box and everything. Exactly. Oh yeah. But, New in box Furbies. All right. And I mean, he's a lovable guy, right? Our listeners yep. have shared with us. They love his persona, you know, and, and his funny comments. And yep. so, uh, you know, JP, you know, I, I know I can speak for the guys here. Thank you so much for making the Retro Game Guys podcast what it is today, for spending the last two years with us. We wish you well, buddy. Yeah, here, here, absolutely. And, you know, and it's not like we're not going to hear from him. Uh, we've got some episodes. No, he's gone. He's out of here. Yeah, yeah forget <laughs> it. He's dead to us. Door's no, closed. we've got some episodes. You, you and I know Zach. There's some stuff that we're planned out for this season that he's not going to be able to stay away from. Yep. So we're going to get his uh, did, his uh, opinion on those as did well. Did they make a Furby game like on the Game Boy or something? We could, <laughs> probably. We <could> fire <laughs> probably. Uh, and you know, uh, you were still going to keep bringing along some of those other special guests from time to time, like we did last season with our good friend Sega Master Tim. And our new friend, Howard Phillips. Yes. Uh, so uh, lastly from me here uh, to start up the episode uh, for us here on the Retro Game Guys podcast, our kind of like dateline for what games we'll cover uh, is 25 years or older, which means season three is getting us up into late 1995. And man, am I old. <laughs> yeah, you were in college at that time, weren't you? Like uh, finishing yeah. up and... <laughs> No, I wasn't finishing. Had, had that, two that kids was by that point. Late, <laughs> not that. Late 95 was the beginning of my radio career, though. So that is a long time ago. Uh, so radio this was season, a long time ago. What are you right, about, what's like, radio? Terrestrial radio? Right, exactly. Well, so this season, we're going to start bringing you some games from the beginning of the 32-bit slash 3D slash fifth generation of consoles especially the PlayStation, but we can't forget about the Atari Jaguar or uh, Sega's famous failings with the 32X and the Saturn. And I'm super excited here because we'll be hitting one of my top five all-time favorite video games later this season when it hits its 25 years. And I cannot wait. It is such a classic and it it speaks to my, you know, that it was one of those games that kind of, formed me as a video game guy so i'm wow. really look, looking forward to playing you're laying that one on thick aren't you that's right that's right Build, and building, it's, uh, building that uh, suspense absolutely it's not like you're gonna beat me right no yeah uh it's not like i'm gonna beat you is what i meant to say uh <laughs> you're i'm still gonna lose on this but i'm gonna have a damn good time doing it heck yeah heck yeah i i have a, a an idea of what it is and i'll have a good time too i'm actually excited to playing about playing the jaguar i've I don't think I've ever played the Atari Jaguar before. And it's, I could see me owning one of these systems just because it's such a random, weird system. But 
Yeah, it's like let's let's do it. Let's do it. The Jaguars are a really fun one too. I'm looking forward to talking about it because it's one of the, it's like Atari was still all just clinging to relevance, and they came out with a pretty powerful system. But as you say, Zach, it doesn't matter how good the system is if nope. the software's not there, if the games aren't there, and and the Jaguar did not have a lot of good games. So indeed, but it's a it's a fun system to talk about anyway. All right, man. Uh, let's go to uh, your announcements. What announcements do you have for us today, Zach? Well, we're going to go uh, back a couple of months here. Um, and I think I can speak for the guys in saying that we are so proud of what we accomplished in our season two finale. Oh, absolutely. Um, we kind of burned ourselves to the ground a bit <laughs> getting there. Uh, but yeah. I think it was worth it. And if you haven't already, please check out our two-part Super Mario Brothers episode and interview with former Nintendo of America spokesman and the man they call the Game Master, Howard Phillips. Just mm-hmm. amazing that we talked to that guy. I'm still pinching myself. Um, speaking of Howard, he was recently featured in the CBS feature-length documentary Console Wars, which is now streaming on CBS All Access. Have you guys uh, checked that out? Not yet. No need. We already talked to him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so we scooped it. Uh, so I will. When Star Trek Picard and The Stand hit uh, CBS All Access later, I think in, in a few months, then I'll... I'll pay for it for a month, binge the heck out of those two shows on this console worst thing, and then cancel it again. There you go. That's what I did for season one at Picard. So <laughs> Nice. I was a little bummed, to be honest. It was on CBS All Access. I'm like, yeah. really? I, have, I subscribe to how many streaming services, and it's got to be that one? That's all right. So, anyway. Um, well, and lastly, from me, I'm sure you guys remember back in April when we did our episode on Wizards and Warriors for the yes. NES. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Best game ever. Alex is not convinced at all. <laughs> no, you, 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 you two couldn't have been further apart in your opinions. Screw about that game. That I game. mean, look, dude, that nails on a chalkboard. That game. Can you oh, mean? it Come is on. Beethoven's fifth. I don't know what he's oh, talking about. Oh my god! I can hear that music right now in my head. The dead music or the the, the time running out oh, yeah. music. Oh my. <laughs> Well, before that wonderful episode, and with the help of uh, listener Spexy, we reached out to Victor Vaccaro. He was the artist who created the iconic Wizards and Warriors artwork. You know, the one, the big warrior on the front, all those demons and all that mm-hmm. stuff. The one that kept lying to me and saying it was a good game because the artwork <laughs> looked so good. Yeah. You should have learned from Atar- the Atari days. Right. No. Exactly. Uh, well, Victor didn't get back to us before we recorded, but happy to share that we did actually hear from him during uh, our break after season two. Um, and he said that, unfortunately, the original artwork for Wizards and Warriors was lost oh. by the publisher Acclaim. Oh, nice. I was kind of mm. hoping he had it. I was like, oh, you want this whole thing? But <laughs> didn't happen. Um, also, we got to talking about that. Remember the Worlds of Power books that we were talking yeah. about, the novelizations yeah. of Nintendo games? Um, he had actually never heard of the book. And so I sent him a picture of like how his artwork was edited on the cover to make it like a less you know, violent cover. Um, and let's just say that he was not too happy with the publisher taking the creative license uh, to change the artwork. So, hmm. yeah, um, Scholastic <laughs> was the publisher, by the way. So I'm not sure what we just started between Victor Ricaro and Scholastic, <laughs> but I think it's cool overall that we talked to him. Right, right. And if, uh, and if you know, we hear about a warehouse fire or something, we, we, we may have the clues to... I would not feel bad that about that at all. Well, are you anti-Scholastic you know? for some random reason that we thought about? You know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alex is anti-school, and it has the word I'm, school I'm, I'm it, so. anti-Wizards uh, and Warriors, and whatever uh, necessary <laughs> evil needs to come out of my hatred for that game, 
So be it. <laughs> so keeping books from children is fair game because you hate what's going on. Hey. Right? Burn it all. <laughs> oh, man. I'll take the artwork, though. Oh, yeah, it is good. Yeah, artwork was cool. Yeah. And the game. I agree. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you want to hear that wonderful Wizards and Warriors episodes, and you'll get to also hear Dustin soil himself with joy for beating the game. Hey, spoilers. Hit, uh, <laughs> kind of, sorry. Uh, yeah, check it out in our archives. And those are my announcements. All right. Thank you, Zach. Now let's get into the show for this special Halloween episode. It's our third one, actually. Uh, our, we're covering the dark first-person shooter Doom, Doom, released in 1993 for PCs. And uh, if you don't have an old 386 with a three-and-a-half-inch floppy laying around, our recommended way to play Doom nowadays is on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, but you can also find it on a ton of modern systems. Pretty much anything current and run it will run it. And it has a $5 copy of the re-release, uh, the 93 re-release on it. Uh, anywhere you look, man. It's it's everywhere. Well, this Ubiquitous is, a, is the scholastic word for that one, right, <laughs> right Alex? I don't know. I never went to school. This uh, uh, would be our first PC game. It is our first game that was a, a PC first game. Yeah, there yeah, are games that we've played that came to PC, but this yeah. is a, a PC that was a PC game that was ported elsewhere afterwards. Breaking yeah. new ground. Absolutely. Season three. Uh, yeah. Season three, breaking new ground. Scholastic. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What else are we going to talk about in this Doom episode? Uh, well, we'll start by having Zach take us through the history of the game. Then we'll hear about memories of the game from our community and from this group and compare them with our experiences revisiting Doom all these years later. We'll then have our hashtag Beat Retro Game Guys competition to see if our, any of our listeners can beat our scores. We'll take a quick trip to Collector's Corner. JP, we miss you. Pour one out. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll wrap with our retro game giveaway, where today one lucky, lucky listener will win a console gift card, because I don't know if anyone wants us to send, send them a stack of old Doom floppies. <laughs> uh, Good luck with these. <laughs> right here. Go. Enjoy. Uh, and if you want to win our next retro game giveaway, like last episode's winner, Jacob, or at jcast6502, follow at Retro Game Guys on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Before each episode, we ask for your memories of our featured game, and we pick the winner from those responses. Now to kick off this episode, here's Zach to give us a bit of the background, history, and interesting facts about Doom. All right, here we go. So uh, Doom is a first-person shooter developed by id Software, not ID Software, like a lot of people say. It's actually <laughs> right. id Software. I heard right. it from the, the, the mouth of the uh, guys from id. So not personally on YouTube, but close enough. <laughs> uh, and so it was uh, developed by id Software and it was originally released for PC in mm. December 1993. So Doom ran on MS-DOS. Mm -hmm. And for you youngins, MS-DOS stands for Microsoft Disk Operating System, which uh, predates Windows on PCs, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think technically Windows sits on top of DOS, right? Not, dude, not in a long time. Man. Oh, really? <laughs> Fun fact, you know what, PCs, what Windows OS was the last that was actually DOS-based? Which one? You, uh, oh, do I, oh, it's a question. Oh, yeah. uh, um, I'm going to say Windows like... I'm going to say Windows uh, like 98 or something like that. Windows ME. ME. I just said Windows, Windows Millennium ME. and yeah. uh, the Millennium Edition, the all the worst operating system, the worst main uh, you know stream operating system ever put to to disk. It's so bad. That was the last DOS based uh, Windows. Wow. So there you go. There's your there's time. your throwback Windows trivia for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not <laughs> a PC guy, as you can tell. So right. I was enlightened. Anyways, well, Doom was uh, one of the games that established the FPS or first person shooter genre. Uh, along with its predecessor, Wolfenstein 3D. 
also by id software uh, and that game came out a year earlier in 1992. Uh, back then though a first person shooter wasn't an established term so id called doom at the time a quote 3d virtual reality game hmm okay which nowadays means something something way different, different. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in Doom, you play as a space marine who, according to the manual, must battle demons, mutant humans, and horrors from the bowels of the universe to save yourself and the world. Bulletproof armor, night vision goggles, and radiation suits are your protection against a monster-infested holocaust that's been set upon this universe. Uh, you must travel through bubbling lava, rush under crushing ceilings, be lured into dark passages, and more to find and destroy the enemy that threatens to destroy you. Mm-hmm. So, sounds like a piece of cake. <laughs> but your character, by the way, I did get ju- today when I was playing. I did get crushed by a ceiling, so um, hmm. I can pretty much check all these boxes that they just well, described. And, and this this has got a lot of uh, you know flavor and flair to the description, but this is close to accurate what happens mm-hmm. in the game. Sometimes we get these box descriptions, and it's like I don't even know what game you're talking about. I don't know what this backstory is, and where's this guy you're talking about? So this is no, this is a pretty good one, I think. Yep. Yep, the yeah, like wizards and warriors. You'd think there would be more <laughs> oh. wizards oh, in the geez. game. Look, There's one. Un- Speaking of the hounds of hell, you've unleashed something here, Zach. With this, uh- <laughs> I did. I did. Well, anyway, your character, the Space Marine, is unnamed in the game, but he is officially known as Doom Guy. Doom Guy. Doom Guy. So apparently, the programmers intended Doom Guy to represent the player himself, so or herself, uh, which is likely why he didn't get a name in the game. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, not all the programmers were fond of stories and all that kind of stuff. Um, so Doom is designed by two legends in PC gaming. Legends. John, legends. legends. John, uh, John Carmack and John Romero with uh, primary contributions from programmer Dave Taylor and artists Adrian Carmack, no relation, um, and David Cloud. And 90% of the artist's time was spent drawing blood, apparently. <laughs> Um, and uh, to be honest, before I started doing research for this podcast, like I knew that, you know, Carmack and Ramiro did important work. You know, I played Doom before, knew it was a good game, but I, really I had no idea yeah. just how much these two guys almost yeah. single-handedly established PC gaming as like the must-have gaming yep. platform in the 90s. Like they repeatedly redefined the art of the possible PC games and they created this massive pop culture phenomenon with doom so it's just yeah. unbelievable um and if you want to learn more about the two johns i highly recommend the book masters of doom by david kushner so i read it in preparation for this episode i seriously could not put it down it's like a really entertaining story of two young rebels and a dream totally could relate to it except they were successful um and, <laughs> <laughs> and right. uh, it, it's seriously just packed with interesting characters 90s gaming nostalgia um, and it walks through the history of gaming technology that laid the foundation for Doom. So just an awesome book. Uh, I want to say thank you to Dairy 14 on Instagram for turning me on to the book, Masters of Doom. Check it out. And, and, and just, a, just a quick aside on these guys. Like, it, it not only was the game innovative, not only was it something, and, and the other games like Quake and Wolfenstein, something that you, people really hadn't seen before, um, but they were innovators of marketing. They were innovators yep. of, of distribution. And we talk, we'll talk a little bit later about how this game, one of the reasons this game got so big. Um, there's just so much they contributed to, to game history with, with how they ran operations and, mm-hmm. and what their kind of approach to gaming was. So yeah. just, 
you know, I, I, I just want to emphasize like Carmack, John Romero, all those guys that did like just, just phenomenal, like people, as far as like what they did to kind of move PC gaming specifically, but also gaming as a, as a whole forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just in the book, you, you read how they evolve personally and professionally and what changes. So there's a lot of lessons in there too. So yeah. um, I will, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right, well, getting yeah, back to the relationship game. didn't last all that long. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it that way. So getting back to the game, Doom was inspired by Carmack and Romero's love for Dungeons and Dragons, as well as action horror movies like Evil Dead 2. Mm. Um, the programmers were looking to create something different and darker after writing the success of their earlier game series, a set of platformer games called Commander Keen. And uh, I've been really I mean, just excited to tell you guys about this next piece. I had no idea but there is a direct connection between Commander Keen and our last episode, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, believe it or not. Okay. It's actually Super Mario Brothers 3 specifically. So um, at the time, PC games couldn't scroll the play field as smoothly as console games could, which you know prevented PCs from rivaling console games when it came to like fast action games, right? Like, you know, and that was like 90% of what everybody mm. was playing back then. Well, John Carmack was up for the challenge and he came up with a solution on how to get the PC to draw the screen differently and pretty much solved it. And to prove his point, he went so far as to create a PC clone of Super Mario Brothers 3. And these innovations in scrolling eventually laid the groundwork for Commander Keen, that whole series. Um, and it even pitched their Super Mario Brothers 3 demo to Nintendo, but mm -hmm. Nintendo didn't have interest in entering the PC market. So they, they didn't bite. But I couldn't believe it. And I think it was like one or two nights that they programmed this whole like you know world of super mario brothers 3 on a pc and, and innovating at the same time is unbelievable the skill they have yeah and if i remember right it was just kind of like a uh like a kind of shower thought thing like something just popped into his head of like you know i bet we could trick it this way and i bet that would work and like suddenly they had it and yeah. it was that was what what did it so yeah this is something you, you if uh, you're interested in these kind of like innovations you got to check it out yeah and in the book too i won't again i won't spoil the book but the way that john romero discovers what john carmack did it, it's just like it's it's a really funny story and yeah, really yeah. amazing so we'll, we'll leave it in the book but um i watched the video today of that demo you can see it on youtube and what's kind of cool is like it, i forgot what level it was it, um there's a world where you know you you kind of jump through and you collect a bunch of coins they spelled in coins like it with a question mark <laughs> so it's like a total like it's an obvious message to the team at nintendo like hey do you like this that's pretty cool huh? <laughs> love me so, yeah i thought that was cool <laughs> Well, getting to the gameplay of Doom, like uh, FPS implies, the viewpoint is first person and you can only see your gun sticking out in front of you. There's also a heads-up display that features counters for your health, armor, and ammo, and also shows an image of your character's face who gets bloodied as you take damage, and he gets like excited as you pick up a new weapon. Have you guys seen that? Mm. Oh, yeah. He, he, gets, mm -hmm. he kind of has this evil look on his face. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, and speaking of weapons, weapons are a huge part of what makes Doom a Doom game a Doom game. Survival depends on finding stronger guns, using the right one for the job, and conserving ammo. Uh, Doom Guy starts off with just a pistol and his fists, but can pack, uh, pick up a shotgun, chainsaw, and exotic weapons like the rocket launcher, plasma gun, and the ultimate weapon, the BFG 9000, which pretty much obliterates anything in your right, path. Yeah. And Dustin, what does BFG stand for? I just don't know. Big, I don't know, fingers. Yeah. Wow. Big, big finger grip. There you go. <laughs> big finger grip. <laughs> yeah. Big effing gun. There yeah. yeah. Exactly. 9,000. 
Uh, <laughs> Doom was notable for its groundbreaking graphics, over-the-top violence, and fast and furious gameplay. Sometimes a little too fast, as it was known to give some people motion sickness while they. Yeah, because when your guy's running, he he he. It, one of the interesting mm-hmm. things with the perspective, it's not like a static camera. They have it bounce around, kind of like it, as you're running, and so it can mm-hmm. kind of kind of have that sea motion yes. to it a little bit, like you're on a boat. Absolutely, I can totally oh, yeah. see that. Alex, did you say me too? Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, like I think I, I I could take maybe this game thirty minutes at a time, and then I start getting the sweats. Uh, you know, and I started, I'm like, oh, okay. And that was the it, Taco Bell, though. So, yeah, it took me a couple. It took me a couple playthroughs because yeah. I was like, this. I remember this doesn't happen on other first-person shooter games, and I, I was walking slowly. I'm like, it goes up and down, like mimicking steps. Like, really, they had to do that. That's what's throwing me off. <laughs> Even yeah. worse, and you it kind of sways too. Yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god, come yeah. on! I was looking for the options. I was like, can't turn that off, like. one of the uh programmers actually um had to lay down like on a regular basis because he would constantly get (laughs) yeah motion sickness and maybe it could have been a clue or a hint right right well at one point the guys when they were successful they bought him a couch so he could lay down on a nicer couch when he got motion sickness it's uh i actually get like just keep going we don't care that it makes people sick go (laughs) i actually get that too from from time to time in like modern games and i was a little worried i'm like oh my god but yeah luckily it turned out okay for me but when you get that where you're like am i getting old like (laughs) (laughs) yes the answer is yes so yeah doom uh played in small bursts you'll be fine Um, so in doom the game keeps players on the edge of their seats as they run through corridors shoot enemies to a bloody pulp collect keys and look for secret doors. Um, and if you're like me, you're constantly trying to find the stage's exit before you run out of ammo or life. It's kind of fear inducing. Yeah. Um, but uh, beyond the great single player experience, the real killer feature in Doom was multiplayer. So in cooperative mode, you and three buddies could team up to take on the campaign or in deathmatch mode, you could go head to head with your friends. Now online multiplayer was added a year after the game's release and blew right. the minds of gamers everywhere well and, and Quite literally. let's not forget uh, one year later after the release of this game was 1994 we're talking mm-hmm. just i mean the internet was a thing but it was just a thing just barely a thing for people so this is like i can do what over a network with my friends in another city like holy crap it's just yeah. insane. i think 94 was the first time i ever was on the internet at my friend chris's house and i was like yeah. the, what is yeah. this it's amazing same. but yeah and here now they're doing online multiplayer that's at that same time you're right, right. amazing So the music for Doom was composed by Robert Prince and uh, his work has become iconic, especially the the episode one map one theme called At Doom's Gate, Mm. which sounds a heck of a lot like Master of Puppets from Metallica. (laughs) And um, pretty much every track has a distinct metal vibe, which is no surprise given that Doom's creator, John Romero, drop some black sabbath on robert prince's desk and tell them to use it as a guide so here you go here you go here's your bass yeah there was one one song too it sounded like just like a pantera song and i'm like i'm not complaining love all that stuff so i'm good Uh, with that let's pause for a moment and listen to a track from doom
Well, there you go. Plenty of energy for you there, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I and, and here's the thing. I love the music here, but I do have a complaint about it. The music is fantastic. It's so, like, driving and everything. But, like... Think about level one, part one. What's the first thing you're doing in that in that level? Walking around a room slowly and collecting <laughs> health and armor. And it's yeah. like I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Settle down here a little bit. So we, we've we've talked about games where the music kind of matches the mood or sets the mood. I think this is a little bit disconnected from. The well, mood listen, when you're collecting health and armor in hell. <laughs> <laughs> makes all the difference i mean i guess but yeah, yeah i just i feel like i feel like they didn't put any effort into like using the music to drive like or to kind of show you oh this is a part you need to be worried about or or you know you can in some no. games you kind of get that you learn you hear a different noise you're like oh here comes the boss or whatever mm-hmm. it's just you know, all all ahead just all ahead full the, the entire time right <laughs> thunderdome yeah. bro yeah <laughs> Walking around an empty room. Still walking around an empty room. <laughs> yeah. I just picked up a armor. Yeah. Like, yeah. So the music is great. It's just it it's it, it feels kind of random. It almost feels a little yeah. haphazard, I guess. Yeah, well, could use some more like ambient stuff. But I yeah, I love I have again, more no, I have no complaints. More, more cowbell. cowbell, of course. Absolutely. All right. Well, Doom was released as shareware, which mm-hmm. was the early internet's version of game demos. So you could download the first episode of the game for free, get a copy from one of your friends, or pick up a shareware disc at, from various retailers. But if you wanted to play more than the first episode, uh, which was called Knee Deep in the Dead, you'd have to call id Software and buy the full version. I think it was like 40 bucks. Mm. And uh, Buying Doom would give you two more episodes titled The Shores of Hell and Inferno. Uh, each have it like <laughs> a disco oh, different one. That would be great. Uh, <laughs> each having nine, I think it's like nine or ten levels each. Mm. Um, a 1995 upgrade called the Ultimate Doom would add for the fourth episode called Thy Flesh Consumed. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. Uh, do, yeah, <laughs> very accurate. Uh, Doom was released at midnight on December 10th, 1993. It was uploaded to a server at the University of Wisconsin. Go Badgers. With uh, I'll, I'll trust you on that one. I don't know sports. <laughs> Um, uploaded to a server at the University of Wisconsin with the hope that this server could hold up to the number of people who wanted to download the game. But when, Here's a spoiler alert. It right, didn't. but when Doom was made available, <laughs> 10,000 people flooded in, crashing the server. A word of mouth traveled fast on old school discussion boards like Usenet. I don't know if you guys oh, remember man. that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Forums on CompuServe. Oh, man. Prodigy. Prodigy, not just the uh, Twisted Firestarter, but also right. an old... <laughs> prodigy uh, and good old uh, america online as you're saying you've got mail oh my god <laughs> exactly that was not planned no nope. uh demand for doom went through the roof and soon it was receiving get this one hundred thousand dollars a day in direct orders for the full game how about that yeah just think about this. Like this game did actually didn't have a crazy amount of requirements. It was like you needed a 386, you needed a couple bits of RAM. Yeah. You really didn't need any a crazy rig to run this. And you're talking about a game. What? How many hours does it take to run through it? A couple hours, three hours, yeah, whatever like it that. is. It, but where you're running around in a first person shooter game uh, for free, yeah, killing a bunch of zombies, adding, getting multiplayer later, and all that stuff. So this is just like, and and oh, I can go onto a server somewhere, which is not something people had really gotten. And we used can to organize a gameplay, and we can yeah. organize a gameplay, and we can download it from there. We can get it straight on our computers. We can let it run overnight. And the next day, I've got a I've got a free and- game that I can play with my buddies where I get to kill a bunch of zombies. Yeah, you know, the world's first first person shooter multiplayer game. For free. Yeah. 
okay and just go to town <laughs> yeah and then and as as zach said it made it gave people that people wanted more and they started i mean it it was practically printing money by the by 94 yeah. like, like just what what was what was the hot game back then that was uh sim city right it was those kind of games right <laughs> yeah. age of yeah. age of empires yeah simulation right? and just games that moved a lot slower they were a lot different and these guys said, "No, nope, we, uh, we can solitaire make... minesweeper for where the hot <laughs> games, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, we we can make an arcade style action game on a PC, and any other any other publisher, uh, you know, or or um, you know, development studio would love to have a game that had a little small element that was worth talking about. This game had like fifteen things that were worth talking about: the blood, yeah. the action, like you said, the online, all that. It was just like." It was it was just amazing overall. Well, Zach, you you've got you've got even more here, right? About the popularity do. of Doom. I mean, yeah. just, well, there's just there's a ton to say. Well, to say that Doom was popular is kind of an understatement. Right. To say that. I mean, so many people were playing Doom and doing death matches that like productivity dropped in offices, school, network struggled. Like I remember, <laughs> yeah. like signs yeah. in, in like my school, like you know, you can't play Don't these play types Doom. of games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and similar to what we talked about in our Tetris episode, like even the game's creators couldn't stop playing the game. They had productivity problems. Mm. And I think that's when you know you have a good game when it's like, you know, crack. Like you just <laughs> you can't right. stop. Right. Um, and on top of all of that, you know, another thing to talk about was that a whole modding community popped up around Doom, which made the game even more personal to people because they could create their own levels. Players could bring their own ideas into the game, share those ideas. Mm-hmm. And as a result, Doom would sell two, anywhere from two to three million physical copies and 1.5 million shareware copies in the first six years. And uh, the game would go on to be ported to as many as 20 other platforms um, and if that wasn't enough for it, if they weren't rich enough, <laughs> it also licensed the Doom engine to other developers. So they were just making money all over the place. Yeah, yeah, Insane. yeah. But uh, Doom did have its share of controversy, and we're not going to get into all of that. We'd be yeah. here like for another hour. Um, but uh, Doom and games like Mortal Kombat leveraged a new generation of graphics to create lifelike, violent imagery. A lot of us kids were way into it, but a lot of parents weren't. <laughs> and yeah. This uh, new wave of violent video games eventually caught the eye of the U.S. Congress, and the video game industry was pressured to create the ESRB in 1994, which is the current U.S. video game rating system. Yep. So, yep, had to regulate. So as for the uh, legacy of Doom, the game was responsible for the flood of Doom clones that we all played in the 1990s and inspired some great first-person shooter games like GoldenEye, yeah, Duke Nukem, Half-Life, and just like, so many others. And I was thinking today, Dustin is like, would we be playing destiny today if it wasn't for doom? I'll go, I'll go further and say that I think that doom was less about, uh, you know, what it did for FPSs and F- first person shooters. I think it's more about what doom did for PC gaming. I think hundred percent was, doom was what like we wouldn't have P I, I, I will stand on not that necessarily destiny wouldn't be about, <laughs> but PC gaming wouldn't be, the the thing it is now the big like kind of push that where oh god you're just a console gamer that would not have been if doom didn't didn't hit the market pc yeah. gaming would not i mean I w- these guys just yeah. innovated so much i, I mean, would say that we, we wouldn't even have pcs today i'll go that far we wouldn't have yeah iphones no no yeah. doom created Nothing. iphones yeah well yeah i mean come okay, on, every person out there has ever played halo i mean right right owes their lunch to this game right 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that Halo is like the three, the you know updated almost clone of Doom in some ways. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Still popular. People, it's like yep. you could you could rip this game off like crazy, and people still eat it up because it's just the concept is so cool. It's like Super Mario Brothers, right? Again, it's right. Just like it's a winning combination. But absolutely. Uh, anyway, well, in later years we got some uh, direct sequels to Doom, like Doom Two and the appropriately named Doom Three. Whoa! And they it, had to reach on those ones. Right, yeah, and it would also strike gold again, like I said, with Quake which uh, was the original team, the original group of guys at ID's final project together. Yeah, you got <laughs> You got to read more about that. We won't yes. get into it here, like we said. Yes. But uh, it wasn't a happy ending. We'll put no, it no, no, no. It was, was not. <laughs> well, recent years, Doom spawned a feature film starring The Rock, um, a reboot series on modern consoles. And in 2019, John Romero released an unofficial fifth Doom 1993 episode called Sigil. Mm-hmm. And you can also play that on the Switch as, a, as an add-on. So you get so much value in that Switch version. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So here we are 27 years later, and Doom is still firing away. Absolutely. So, so awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, that wraps up the history segment. And now to help us learn more about the game, here are five ridiculously interesting facts. Ridiculously interesting facts. About Doom. <laughs> Number one, the name Doom was inspired by a Tom Cruise film. The Sound of Money? Oh, no, Color of Money. Oh, I got it. I just got it right. Yes, Color of Money. That's right. Well, in The Color of Money, Cruz plays a young pool hustler. Yeah. And in one scene, he walks into a pool hall carrying a black case with his pool cue inside. And uh, another player asks him, what you got in there? And he says, he smiles and says, in here, doom. All right. (laughs) So I think it should. All right, five foot two guy. I'm scared of you now. Like, yeah, shut up, kid. (laughs) Get up back on your footstool. Get off the couch and uh, yeah, yeah. I think it should have put a pull cue in the game as a secret weapon. Come on, there you go. (laughs) No, the the Tom Cruise as a secret weapon. (laughs) (laughs) You probably fit in that little marine armor that pops up. Final boss. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Oops, uh, I stepped on him. Yep. Uh, number two, just last month, September 2020, a programmer named Foon Turning got doomed to run on a digital pregnancy test. <laughs> right. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a digital pregnancy test. Like a, a little stick? screen. Like the, yeah, oh no, my yeah. God. Uh, the first version of it, he was just playing around and he got like a video of it running on the little stick and the guy is basically just black and white pixels. Congratulations, you're pregnant with hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you actually had a playable version of yeah. Doom on a like what is it like what you know twelve pixel by even, forty pixel screen know, or something. But yeah, it was. And I, I heard playing it was a real positive experience. Oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> well, people have also gotten Doom to run on graphics calculators, printers, old iPods, and even ATM machines. You know the latest one I saw this What's week. That? A uh, guy running it by uh, powering uh, a, a, a potatoes, right? It Wasn't was it? with potatoes. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Like a hundred potatoes. Yeah. Like just, it's great. It's great. Doom has got this kind of like this kind of thing behind it. I love it. There's a site somewhere called Will It Run on Doom? And it's kind of like that Will It Blend thing, you know, it's like <laughs> trying different things yeah, over does and it over. play Crisis, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> Pregnancy <laughs> test. That, yeah, it's insane. That reminds me, Dustin, of our, our famous quote from last year's Halloween episode <laughs> on Splatterhouse. Uh, remember <laughs> Childbirth? is disgusting <laughs> thank you Dustin. you're welcome it that is. was a that was a fun episode and oh it, hell yeah and uh once again i keep i feel like i keep saying this all the time because i'm so proud so proud of it but that episode had an intro from john kassir voiced of the crypt keeper <laughs> exactly check it out in our archives there number three go. uh in germany doom was treated like pornography oh man all right i miss i missed that level yeah <laughs> yeah 
No wonder <laughs> it was so popular. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you're kind of right there. Well, Germany banned Doom's predecessor, Wolfenstein 3D, due to it containing Nazi imagery. And uh, for the record, you kill Nazis in that game. Yeah, you're killing the Nazis. It's not like <laughs> you're, yeah, whatever. Yes, and doing a Germany's job very of it. sensitive about that. Very sensitive. And I get, I get it. It makes sense, but that's maybe a little overboard. Yes. Well, in 1994, Doom was placed on a list of media that was restricted to minors. So you could only buy Doom if you were an adult and only from specialty shops. Okay. And they put them in a nice. black bag, apparently, or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, but it's a paper bag, like, like you're bag. 40. Yeah. They <laughs> carded you. Um, so Doom would stay on the restricted list for 17 years. Until 2011. <laughs> wow. Um, and once again, going back for, to one of our earlier Halloween episodes, that's uh, is similar to what happened with uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors, the Super Nintendo game. You guys remember that? Band? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I get Doom, but Zombies wow. Ate My Neighbors is just a fun so silly in, game. In like, 2011, if you had an iPhone, it'd be easier for you to find pornography than to play <laughs> Zombies Doom Ate My Neighbors. Or Zombies Ate <laughs> My Neighbors <laughs> in Germany. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. That's fine. This is fine. Do you guys this have any... Fine. You guys have any doom, uh, <laughs> my friend? Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thy flesh consumed. Thy flesh consumed. That could go. <laughs> 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 you started it. Either way. Number four. <laughs> I'll stop there. <laughs> my flesh consumed. Here we go. Number four. Doom was supposed to be a game based on the Aliens movie franchise. Oh, Okay. So yeah, the deal with 20th Century Fox, who owned the rights, never happened because the id guys were uh, concerned that they would not have enough creative freedom. Bunch of rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could, I think you could, you know, definitely see the aliens vibe like in the game, right, with the doors and corridors and yeah. Well, just the idea of the, the the Marines and things. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. By the way, pro tip um, for opening doors: <laughs> open Press a door the and get the hell out of there. Right, That's yeah, my yeah, pro because yeah. it's like. Half of yeah. those doors, you know, are going to have like crazy, like monsters behind yeah. them. Yeah, this game was like, you know what jump would be fun is jump scares. Jump scares. <laughs> Turn the lights out and then yeah. a bunch of monsters flood the room. That's awesome. Right, exactly. And number five, a Doom is responsible for some really strange cameos. Okay. Hmm. And uh, I'm not talking about the band cameo, by the way. Word up. That's word too up. bad. That would have been great. <laughs> we'll, we'll punch it in. Yeah. Get some word up in here. When the, P- when the uh, PC version of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, and that re- was released in uh, 2001, you can unlock Doom Guy. Okay. Yeah. So hmm. you can ollie as a full-on <laughs> space marine. Okay. So I, I had to actually watch oh, that. Oh, hey. Believe it. Um, and, and the weirder side, uh, you know, Bill Gates, co-founder of Microsoft. Never and, heard of uh, yeah, he's a sweater vest aficionado. Uh, he was uh, digitized and put in a Doom level for a Windows 95 promotional event. So, you know, Microsoft wanted mm-hmm. to showcase how, you know, Windows 95 was a great game platform and all that. But right. the video is really awkward. <laughs> Bill Gates is trying to act tough. He, he's holding a shotgun. And he even shoots an enemy with the shotgun in the video. Um, and at the end, it the, the video ends with a black screen and the message, Microsoft, who do you want to execute today? <laughs> well, there's a message hmm. that wouldn't fly nowadays. Right. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. I saw the video. I'm like, well, somebody added that. It's funny. No, that actually was in the video. And it was a play on the company's current ad slogan, which was, uh, what do you want to do today? Mm. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, did you guys hear now Microsoft owns... Bethesda and oh, yeah. do my piece. They should which... bring that uh, ad campaign back out. <laughs> be Microsoft, who do you want to execute? Was this yeah. Robocop? Yeah. Bring Bill Gates back too. What the hell, man? 
you know, what else is he doing right now? Thank you for your cooperation. Have yeah. a nice day. <laughs> yeah. You can watch that awkwardness of that video on YouTube, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, and speaking of awkwardness, Dustin, I, I had just popped in my head here. Uh, when I think of Microsoft and awkwardness, yeah, oh God, I always I think of that video. I know where you're going. With, yeah, with Steve Ballmer, the former CEO, <laughs> going nuts. Alex, have you seen this? Oh, no. my God. Developers, developers, yeah, developers, 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 developers. Four <laughs> words. I, I love this company. company. Woo! <laughs> so do yourself a favor, kids. Go to YouTube, type Steve Ballmer goes nuts. Yeah. He's okay. It's at a developer conference. He's running yeah. around, sweating through his shirt, losing his mind. And it's to, just by the way, cringe. to get on your feet by Gloria Estefan in the Miami Sound Machine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it, doesn't he say like he goes at the mic? He says something like, "Who said sit down? <laughs> Who said sit down? Oh my god! Wow. It's, yeah, and and they're, they even spawned like a remix. Somebody made like a techno video of him doing the developers, developers, developers. What, developers. what year was this? Oh, it's mid '90s somewhere. Um, wow, it's, fa- it's fa- I mean, that was the last days of. Uh, it was like, you know, well, and so Steve Ballmer nowadays is, is out of Microsoft. Right? <laughs> no, Steve Ballmer has nothing to do with Microsoft. Yeah. He's the owner of the Clippers, right? Oh, so there's all these NBA fans who didn't grow up with Steve Ballmer as the CEO of Microsoft. They just sure. know him from being the owner of the Clippers. And yeah. I've heard people and seen people on Reddit and stuff saying like, "Man, this guy, this Ballmer owner guy, he seems kind of nutty." And I'm like, "Dude, you, where have you, <laughs> you been? Have no, like, have no, have idea. no idea. You have no idea. Go back yeah. to the '90s, man. This is tame. Like this guy's runny nose. <laughs> yeah. Look at anyway. this guy." Wow, my flesh consumed. That's right. <laughs> I would if Steve Ballmer came to a, a podium and just yelled, "My flesh consumed." I would be like, "Yeah, that's Ballmer." You know what? So what the hell? They messed up. Why didn't they have Steve Ballmer in that video? <laughs> like just gnawing on the imps and the former. Because well, I think because that would everybody be like, "Yeah, well, that's ba- yeah, we, that's they, we get it." Like Bill Gates is like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting. That's a, some, a different take." But Bomber's like, "Yeah, yeah, obviously he's <laughs> chewing on that, you know, space imp." <laughs> yeah, so we have Steve Ballmer and Tom Cruise in this, a future sequel of Doom. Okay, <laughs> there you go. So I want to leave you guys with a bonus fact that jumped out to me uh, from the Masters of Doom book, and I'm, I have the book right here. It says, um, at an annual game developers conference in San Jose, right around the hey, corner. Hey, there we go. Uh, at, at 29 years old, uh, John Carmack became the third and youngest person ever inducted into the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences Hall of Fame, the Oscars of the gaming business. So after a videotaped congratulations from Bill Gates, <laughs> who uh, he joked, I just want you to know that I can write st- slicker and tighter code than John, jerk. Um, wow. Carmack took the stage and endured a standing ovation from peers comparable to that received by the industry's first inductee, Nintendo's Shigeru Miyamoto, creator Uh-oh. of the very Mario game that Carmack had replicated on the PC. Honestly, that makes sense. It's, it's, it's amazing, but it, it makes sense. I mean, people don't know Carmack as well as they know Miyamoto, but man, this, this guy and the whole team it did just a, a, insanely creative and insanely like, deserve all the praise they get and isn't it cool how like i don't think many people would have stitched together that super mario brothers affected or inspired doom but it's so cool as the industry they hand off innovations from each other and they're they're motivated by limits and they challenge themselves and they grow and they expand based on each other those two genres couldn't be further apart but how they how that all works is that i thought that was a cool full circle moment Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm 
Yeah. Well, all right. Well, that was five ridiculously interesting facts about Doom. All right. Thank you, Zach. Those, those were very ridiculously interesting they were. facts. That was great stuff. Developers, developers, uh, developers, developers, developers. developers. Uh, now let's talk about our memories of playing Doom back in the day. I know, Alex, we talked beforehand, you actually didn't play Doom uh, back in right. the 90s here. Uh, but uh, uh, Zach and I did. So, Zach, why don't you lead us off here to talk about your memories of Doom? So, 1994, I was a console gamer. Did not own a PC, or if I did, maybe I just got it. Um, and Doom came out of nowhere for me. So one day, was in high school, walked into the computer lab, and a bunch of people were playing this crazy game. And I was told, hey, you just sit down and play this, and we could you know, play against each other. And it just seriously blew my mind. because It was nothing like what I was playing at home. It felt like taboo. You know, it had blood, you're blowing up monsters, it had this like demonic imagery like those pentagrams and stuff and like yeah i never played anything like it before and over the years i ended up playing in like some like land parties and stuff like not a ton but you know doom was just the one game that everybody would haul their computers over and play together um but i never really got deep into doom i mean i knew it was popular and i owned quake like for a blink of an eye and got my butt kicked online and stuff um so when we picked doom I was really excited because it had been a long time since I played it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I never gave this game a really good go. Let's, let's see what it's all about. And I then instantly got nervous because I'm like, oh, crap. I know basically nothing about PC games, which is one of the reasons why I picked up that book because I feel much, much better now. There you go. Yeah, uh, so my memories uh, Doom are, are about Doom, but more broadly, I kind of want to share a little bit of like that you know, moment in time for me. Uh, 95, summer of 95 specifically, uh, I have a friend, uh, still uh, talk to him to this day, uh, Steve, that um, uh, we became friends in, in 95. And he, at that time, even in high school, was working as an as a IT guy. Um, from I think 14, 15 years old. I actually have two friends that were working as uh, James, Mr. Tetris, and and Steve uh, that were working in high school as IT guys. Like this, this I apparently attract nerds in my life. So, um, so he he was like the PC guy, right? Before I met him, I wasn't. I was definitely still. I was a Genesis guy. I was playing those kind of console games. Um, but w- you know, with him, it's like, oh, hey, I can get computer parts at cost i can we can put together a pretty decent rig on my really crappy you know service merchandise or the good guy's salary or what radio salary depending on what year it was wow uh and and so i did so we put together these rigs and we would do as you mentioned land parties we'd do these land big land parties and more what we would play was like real-time strategy but but we absolutely played wolfenstein wolfenstein return to castle wolfenstein uh uh Doom, a little bit of Quake, all these different games. And really it was that idea of Doom. Like the the idea Doom opened my eyes to what PC gaming was could be po- was possible with PC gaming. And I think mm-hmm. I mentioned this earlier. Like before that, it was like, well, video games are on consoles and computers are so you can write your stupid paper for your school. Mm-hmm. Like and and oh hey, now I can talk to some people in Australia online. Okay, that's kind of cool. Um, but gaming was like was my was Minesweeper, right? So this really Doom showed me, holy crap, these things can these things can cook. Mm-hmm. This game, this is not a game I would expect to see on a console. So um, it really kind of was that f- part of that first vanguard for me um, where I was basically a, con- a straight PC gamer, no console gaming from 95, I want to say to like 2002. 
Wow, so they converted you then, basically. Uh, I was a pretty, pretty hardcore. I still have, you know, my old Knights of the Old Republic, my old, um, you know, Age of Empires discs in a, in a thing. I have all that stuff. I don't really know that I have something that will run them, but <laughs> I still have all my old, uh, you know, Rebel Assault, all these different old games. But um, yeah, that was a big, big thing for me for a while there. And and uh, so super excited when we decided on Doom. Like, it's not Doom itself is is this innovative, like just this massive game but it's the idea that we're talking about pc gaming and i don't think we'd be talking about pc gaming to level <laughs> that that we are now if doom didn't exist absolutely and if you didn't live through the 90s like the whole land party thing it's That's such so a relic fun. of that time right yeah. i mean last night dustin you and i are up late going through the script and you were talking about how i mean everybody would throw their towers in the car and you lug them up you know to someone's house and your buddy would hook up all the computers and it was like ordering like troubleshooting the networking and, yeah and all the because they had to be dialed in directly and all this stuff and i mean it yeah. was like an involved thing you'd some people would bring like i remember bringing my full-on crt monitors to friends houses weigh like 100 pounds you know and, and it's just it's so, it's so crazy to think of that kind of stuff today but like well, yeah. it's super cool back then Absolutely. And that was one of the great things about being uh, a buddy was Steve, not only is he a funny guy who likes good music, but he, he had all the gear. I mean, the dude was, he, he ran IT for a company. So, and he still actually still works for that same company 25 years, 27 years later. Um, and wow. so we would come, he was like, you don't have to bring cabling. You don't have to bring keyboard or mouse if you, unless you want to, you don't have to bring lug that big old CRT over. I have all the stations set up. Just bring your tower and the power cord. And that's all you need to go. So it made it, it made it kind of just really easy for us to do. Like, come on over. We're going to play Age of Empires 2 or Warcraft or Starcraft or something. And yeah, you order up the pizza. Everybody puts into the kitty for, you know, 10 bucks or whatever it was. And you sit there and you play until three in the morning. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a huge part of my, like, uh, just out of high school kind of doing college <laughs> uh yeah. it wasn't i wasn't into college took me 20 years we'll put it that way uh but yeah the uh, uh that kind of that time where i think everybody uh you know for our older listeners maybe our younger ones haven't been there that yet but that's that was such a formative time for me and a lot of my friends and i think that that holds true of like what i am as a person today was really kind of honed and crafted in those last years of high school through those Same. first four years totally outside of high school. the music the friendships no pre kind of still pre-internet i mean the internet was there but like we weren't on social media we weren't all distracted damn we sound like old guys right now <laughs> you damn kids <laughs> you, you know and your what? online you want to learn yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all good all right guys let's uh move to our listeners memories of playing doom uh we got a ton of responses on our socials uh so apologies if we don't share yours here know that we super appreciate everyone sharing uh so here's a few at G to the next level said uh, Christmas morning in 1994 with my sister playing the Doom 32X game mm -hmm. when we got the add-on for Christmas. It's not the best port, but it was my gateway into Doom and I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it works. Well, I've heard a lot about the 32X version that a lot of people like it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not as bad as some of the other ones that uh, I think we may mention here in a bit here. Yeah. Um, at Palin112 said, fondest memories, played it a whole bunch, had to create a boot disc for it, <laughs> used an editing utility off of BBS to make my own levels and swapped them through HyperTerm with a buddy. <laughs> wow, that whole tweet practically dripped with 90s network nostalgia. I was going like, to say, like, you're speaking 90s. That's like... Touching all of them. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's you crazy. You have to translate that for, you know, for <laughs> anyone today. BBS, yeah. bolton board system. That was right. Right. Hyperterminal was a terminal thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, at high to our nine, our buddy said playing at it, uh, co-op and deathmatch with my buddy at the KGS during a summer break, we realized we could connect two computers for, via serial cable and play that way. Uh, that summer will be forever known as the summer of doom. Yeah. I like it. Uh, another buddy at Hailstorm 1985, uh, he said, fondest memories playing it for the first time on the 32X at a friend's house. Uh, we stayed up all night playing it, and I was super impressed. I later bought my own copy of Doom for the SNES and was immediately disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I ain't buying that 32X garbage. Like seven people own that thing. Forget it. I'm going to go get a Super Nintendo cartridge. Uh-oh. <laughs> we're, we're not going to get too much into the distinctness of the ports, but there's a great video that Zach and I watched on YouTube. Um, I'll, I'll have to share on the socials what uh, is specific, but you can look for it where a guy runs through the, like, nine, the t- ranks, the nine ports, nine ports for of this of the uh of the of doom and how like playable they are and and snes one is i believe the bottom or or very near the bottom of that list yeah it's it's a technical achievement to even get it to run they had that super fx2 chip and all that stuff but yeah it's yeah it's like you're fighting blobs like blurry blobs the whole time not good and they do this video is really interesting because they talk about like what it took to get it there because it's not a simple port um, mm-hmm. But it also didn't work. <laughs> uh, so possibly my favorite share coming in here from at Solar Pair. My family had the shareware version, but I thought it was the full game. I was so proud of myself for beating the entire game <laughs> and didn't realize until recently that there's a bunch more. Is, did, did this, <laughs> Solar Pair, is that your, Alex, is that your like second Twitter, Twitter handle here? <laughs> well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> sounds Thanks. like this totally sounds like something Alex would have done. Yes, my Solar Pair. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and, and you know the later episodes are like really good too. Like that first, the uh, um, was a knee deep in the dead is is great. Yeah, right. Yeah. But like the game really hits its stride in those later episodes. So man. absolutely, yeah. Uh, so related to that last tweet at Griff uh, Griff plays games. I uh, said fondest memories. Me and my buddies used to sneak into the computer lab before school started each day to play some Doom Deathmatch uh, on the shareware copy that we sneaked onto the school PCs. I never yes. realized there was more than one level. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Again. Yeah. Yeah. The first level too is, is a breeze too. So well, if, you're, if you just play that one, you're like, oh. Okay, in their defense it? though, you had to pay for the other it's levels true. at right, the time. Right, so. right, exactly. But yeah. you know, it's one thing about the share thing really quick is, is that they hit that critical mass, right? All your friends, because if all your friends are playing one game, it yeah. makes that yeah. game so much cooler, right? Right. So like, well, I mean that do. that's another that's another first for uh, this company. They, uh, you know, they created the free to play model. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, not really, but I mean, this was a, a big deal. It was shareware yeah. for it a was. game like this. That commander they created you know, a market and a demand that wasn't what hadn't been there before. Yeah. And it was, Imagine if they had forced everyone to pay forty dollars up front. Right. Probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have been such a big hit. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's re- and it really I w- I'm with you on the like where your friends are at thing because like why am I yeah. never played an Xbox and why am I a PlayStation guy mostly because that's where all my friends play games like you know like yeah I I don't really care. Minecraft that's how that <laughs> got popular I mean come on <laughs> yeah yeah no but like if I'm playing P- a console game like all uh, my friends are there no I don't know anybody that has an Xbox I mean I know yeah. people but I don't know anybody that I play with that that has yeah. an Xbox so there you go well here we go. At Retro Game Squad says uh, his fondest memory, PlayStation, co-op system link, 3 a.m., lights out, freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. you go. I like that. 
Uh, and our last one we're going to share here at Jcast6502. Who remembers how difficult PC games were to launch back then? <laughs> Amen, Jacob. It could it could take an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, I only played Doom occasionally as I didn't have a good PC until 97. Played it a bit over the years, but mostly the last two weeks. Uh, yeah. Jacob also shared that he thought it held up while, well. So let's see if the retro game guys agree. All right. So let's talk about that playthrough uh, the retro game guys here did over the past couple weeks. We're just going to look at four questions here this time. Was it fun? Was it hard? Would you play it again? How'd you do? So let's get going. Right into it with how much fun That's what was it? She said, <laughs> <laughs> right? But I don't bump. Alex, this is wow. We're how much? How long into recording till we get one of those from you? I'm very no, shocked. Well, you, you put on, the questions out there. Was it fun? Was it hard? Would you play it again? Yeah, but usually, I mean, we, we get to maybe three minutes in the podcast <laughs> till you make one of those jokes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you're, you're slipping here. You're slipping here, Alex. Thy flesh oh, consume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Zach and I were holding well, those Zach up. took it. There yeah, you exactly. You I, didn't need I, to do I'm the work. Cor- you didn't I'm need sorry, to do I'm that. Corrupted. <laughs> All right. Well, Alex, let's start with you. How yeah. much fun was Doom? It was fun. And as I think I told you earlier, uh, as soon as I put it on, I played about, I don't know, five or ten minutes uh, the first round. I... I I got flashbacks of uh, GoldenEye 64, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I mean, I was I was right back in it, except I started, I played an extra 10 minutes and then I got seasick. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. you know, but no, 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 it was, it was super fun. Uh, it, hearing the history, it was like, wow, like, I can't believe this is like one of the first, first person shooters and um, hats off to this team. They, I mean, they, hit a grand slam absolutely it was amazing yeah uh was it hard hold on we're gonna get we'll get to the challenge in just a bit just just was it fun yeah you thought it was fun yeah i'll agree uh super fun game brought back flooded and flooding memories just coming back to me um yeah i had a lot of lot of fun uh it was a a a great game i think i think it's just Mm -hmm. a great game it's just it's and for the price i mean this week they were running sales for two dollars and fifty cents i mean you're not gonna have more fun in a on a game that's that price like there's no way so you got a switch you got a playstation it's two bucks five bucks you can't buy a you can't buy a coca-cola right yeah this is way (laughs) more fun than a coca-cola and and (laughs) it's at this is the first game i'm saying everyone that listens to the podcast gotta pick a copy on you have any modern system playstation xbox switch anything you gotta buy this it is absolutely worth five minutes of your time even for two dollars and fifty cents just to check it out how much of a critical game in history was and it's just a great time yeah yeah how about you, uh, Zach? Totally. How much fun was Doom? It was a lot of dang fun. So much more than I thought. Yeah. Um, when we interviewed Howard Phillips, um, listen to it in the archives. There you go. Um, one of the things he said, and I'm like paraphrasing here, he said something like, you know, um, it, in modern games, it's hard to feel the design. It's hard to feel the developer's like touch, right? This game, you you feel the developer. You feel the challenge you feel like they're, they're pulling tricks on you and they're, you're, you're second guessing yourself and you could, you really feel this tug of war between you and the developer. And I just, I was feeling like I had to constantly outsmart the game, but so rewarding. Yeah. The sound of the guns, the blood, those jump scares. Yeah. Um, yeah. It reminded me of playing um, resident evil a bit. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, different genre, different yeah. pace in that game, but it gave me that same sense of dread Totally. Um, in the game, I, because like I was saying earlier, like I just, yeah, Doom, like 
I just wanted to get to the end and I kept hoping like around the corners, the exit. No, it's not. Damn it. More enemies, more enemies, more enemies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, I just kept, and you die and you want to keep coming back and you get a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, my only wish though, the one thing that I really wish is I wish you and the three of us would have been able to do multiplayer. Yeah. And yeah. like, cause the death match is such a huge part of it. My, my wife didn't want to do it. And there's no way I would let my kids play this game. They would be like, tell them you can get your wife to play video game with you. Shocker. Can I, can I shoot you in this game? But yeah, my kids would be like telling their friends about shooting monsters with shotguns and that would not be good. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so that's my only wish is that we could have done it proper deathmatch style, but you you know, just as a, just as a random aside. Yeah. It is an awesome game, but random aside, I finally got my wife to play a video game with me for the first time ever. We've been married for eight years. You know what game it was? Hold on. Let me think. Uh, Tetris. No. It was the Warriors. Fall Guys. <laughs> oh, good. Fall what? Guys. Fall Guys. You know, it's a, it's a modern. Yeah. It was a big thing oh. about a couple months ago now among us is the bigger one. But I actually like Fall Guys a lot better. It's more my kind of style. It's goofy. It's kind of a, a Takeshi's Castle or Wipeout oh. kind of thing where you basically have to go through obstacle course. Uh, super fun game, and, and my wife's playing. Like we're passing the controller between my wife and kids. It's the first game I've ever wow. done that with. So we wouldn't fun, have had Fall fun, Guys fun. if it wasn't for Doom, fall right? Guys. <laughs> <laughs> fall Guys is a first-person faller, right? Um, anyway, <laughs> all right, guys, let's move on to the next question. Let's talk about how challenging Doom was. Would you say the challenge was easy, medium, hard, or extreme, and why? Let's go, uh, kind of reverse Snake or whatever here, uh, and go with you, Zach. What would you think? Reverse snake. Isn't that a sexual position? Uh, hey, hey, hey leave it to Alex. You're welcome. Alex. Inverted Alex. snake, I think. <laughs> Just the correct <laughs> I feel terrible for laughing at that. It's so, so childish. I'm a scholastic yeah, guy. Um, so challenge. Th- th- this is, this that's is a Tom Cruise. Cause he was inverted. Right. <laughs> he was in, that's right. Uh, the finger, you know, the finger. <laughs> Dustin, get control yeah. of your show here. Sorry. Sorry. Um, challenge. Come challenge. on back. Thank you. This is a great game for challenge, right? This is cause you can set the challenge. Um, I love the description of the challenge. Hurt me plenty too young to right. die. Nightmare, right. all that. So you said it as hard as you want to set it. You can play the whole game. It doesn't really penalize you. Um, you're going to get a, a good challenge on a moderate setting. So my first run-throughs were pretty tough. But after a few tries, I could beat multiple levels without dying. Hurt me plenty. Gave me plenty of challenge near the end. Um, and if I felt I needed less or more, I could always dial it up or down. So I think, I think the challenge is just right. Okay. Uh, how about you, Alex? Challenge, easy, medium, hard, just right, those kind of things. Yeah. Now I played the my first... Uh go through on easy i um, beat the game on easy but then we have a challenge where we played on on a harder level and uh hurt me plenty was fine too um the the fact that you could set your own challenge uh i think is pretty cool um for anyone like me playing it for the first time it took me a little while like okay like i gotta get cards i there are there are missions i need to complete within this game to be able to get to the next uh, stage and whatnot and uh it, it sort of had i had to like rethink because i'm the infrequent gamer i don't play uh games like this where i where i have to you know get cards to go into things i don't i just don't do that so um it took me uh, i don't know about an hour or two to like get up to speed like okay i gotta get mm. this card before i go in the store and get this one to go into that one and um 
I thought it was I thought it was a blast. And I think I, I haven't played at the super hard level and I'm assuming you could do speed runs with this game and everything. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I think yep. going back to uh our Super Mario Brothers uh, discussion, I think this game offers something for everybody. There every you go. Mm-hmm. Game. Yep. Absolutely. The speed running thing too, that's a good point because when you beat a level, it shows you like time has a par. You'll get points. A par, points. yeah. How many how many yeah. enemies you killed, secrets you found. And there's a ton of secrets, by the way. We didn't talk about that, but there's a bunch. But there's no points, right? Uh, I don't think so. No, it's like kills and, and yeah. it's like stuff you found. Yeah. But it's and still that, that's a, a tally, and that still can create a competitive. Sure, but that's you know. that's a distinction like against Super Mario Bros. And, and some of these other games that came before it. Everything was very points-based, especially going back to the 80s. Everything was high score and everything like that. This game... It's not like that at all. This how game is survived. How many secrets, percentages, it's statistics and stats now. And yep. it's like, you know, but if how you do want you to talk about, you know, the esports mm-hmm. phenomenon right now? It's like, that's everything, right? Yeah. So there you go. Crazy. But you can play it your way, right? Do you want to go fast? Do you sure. want to go complete? Do you want to just get shot in the face? Do whatever you want. Right. Uh, so for me here, the challenge of doom, uh, the self-inflicted challenge. I shot myself <laughs> in the foot on this one a little bit. Uh, the, uh, I, the switch is a great system for this game. You do not want to play it in handheld mode. I didn't no, have you my, don't. did not have my dock set up. So I tried and I tried to play this in, in, uh, handheld mode. And I've got one of my joy cons is doing that joy-con drift crap so uh this game had an added level of challenge for me uh going (laughs) on just the game itself no this game is this game is what we uh you know in the setting we had is and what we've talked about going back to howard phillips uh it's tough but fair right Mm -hmm. i didn't feel like they were like the, the the surprises and the challenges were like oh well that makes sense it's not like they're being jerks they this fits in with what's going on there's may you know mayhem and chaos all around and and you know you you never know what's around the next corner um so it's tough and you get swarmed sometimes and and if you've got a controllers that you can't aim with um but one of the really interesting things about this game that we haven't touched on is there is no concept of uh uh vertical yeah up or distance, down right. up or down Right. So you've got your guy does not go up or down, but no matter where you shoot, it it has to line up with that, that bad guy on the, like the, the plane, the, the, you know, like as far as like left to right, but he can be uh, 10 feet high in a, in a corridor on a balcony and you're shoot. it looks like you're shooting at the wall, but you're shooting him. So it just, you basically, it's almost like you've got this like vertical laser (laughs) that's going to cheat. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I actually, but, you know, I, I think it's. I'm all right with it. At first, I was like kind of freaked out by that. I'm like, well, I can't look up. And then I started thinking, like, yeah. dude, one less access to worry about. Like one less. Yeah, I know, you know right? what I mean? Right. I go left, and that makes it feel like an arcade shooter. Left, right, fire, just yeah. go. And with the that in the handheld mode, trying to trying to aim that left to right and swing uh-huh. your gun, you just swing past them all the time. Yeah. So it was it was it's do not play it that way. Get your get your pro controller out, get your dock, and you'll have a lot more fun with this. And game. with the pro controller, by the way, it has a really cool feature where it has motion control. So you get like fine aiming by just turning the controller. So I would get into range with the thumbstick and then do the fine control to get to where exactly where I need to be. And, and yeah. for quick, like for quick reflexes, it's a really cool feature. Yeah. So that's the way to do it. Don't, don't be a Dustin. Uh, all right. Be La- a shirt. 
<laughs> right. Third question: Would you play Doom again? I think this is a resounding yes. In fact, <laughs> yeah, tonight absolutely. after editing, I'm going to yeah. be playing Doom. And probably. when I get my doc set up, I'm going to be shoving that in and getting that and getting that going. It's great. No, I. In fact, I had a great time. Even I was just irritated at the controls. I still had a blast. So yeah, we're playing. We're all playing Doom again. Last question, big question: How far did you get? Score competition rules for Doom were this: Play the first episode, knee deep in the dead. See how many of the levels you can pass. Uh, I'll start because I think, well, I probably came in last. I got, oh gosh, probably. I don't remember the name of the episode. Control something. I, I kept dying on the fourth one. Um, mm. So I got through the third. There's a spot in the fourth one. And if I'm remembering right, it's like this big room that's got guys above and below. And mm -hmm. there's just a ton of them. And I yes. and I kept dying there, and I did a couple of times, and I was like, "Whatever, I give up." <laughs> I looked on some videos uh, just before this, and <laughs> what I came to find out is, if you get up on that ledge, there's like a million armors and health yes. up there, yes. so you just have to survive that wave right there, and and you get through it. I just I always entered that room with like five percent health or something. You, so you know, there's two things really quick. I don't want to steal your thunder, but. Um, you remember when you and I used to play World of Warcraft and you'd pull guys out? Remember? You'd yeah. Kind of, you got to kind yeah. of do that. You wait and they kind of come to you. That's a little yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm and to, to go to the uh, World of Warcraft reference, I definitely Leroy Jenkins this game way too much. <laughs> definitely like, Leroy! let's go, guys. Let's go. And then he goes, and you just, yeah, I, I, like I, how I, you stay, like you lay on the ground after you die too. Like it forces you to yeah. watch, like, What's happening when you're dead? A, a more cautious playthrough would have got, gotten me further. I just, I was very, I think it was just definitely the Doom was stealing small moments between things here. So it was like, all right, I got 10 minutes. Let's go on Doom. So I was just like blasting it. So yeah, midway through uh, level four. How about you, Alex? Uh, yeah, I got uh, midway through level four as well. Oh, okay. Uh, on that setting. So yeah. Oh, you I mean think you level four of episode one? That's what you guys are talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Control map, center. Sorry, they call them maps. So map four. Control yeah, yeah. Center. There you go. That's the right one. Yeah, I was looking at it. So I played primarily the easy level for the last couple of weeks, and I didn't play, I didn't do our challenge until uh, about an hour before we jumped on. And I got till <laughs> frequent to gamer four. fashion right there. Right. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Always uh, wait till the last uh, second. But um, uh, yeah, no, to your point, like, you know, I, I, while I was playing the game, I'm like, man, I really wish I could look up. And then I was thinking, like, no, I actually like the cheat being able to hit any you know mm -hmm. any level uh straight on and uh you gotta use angles in this game to your advantage you gotta let the guys come at yeah. you yeah you gotta use the walls as like an extra shield yeah mm -hmm. you gotta be able to uh, blow up the uh the the whatever radiation tanks to uh, get a chain reaction and kill a whole room <laughs> not so, when I they're mean, right the, next to you though <laughs> no no no, 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 no. <laughs> but i mean this game basically right. like define the open door and back up you know yeah move yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. so um this is uh, again if you've played any kind of modern first person shooter doesn't nobody you have to play this game it was yeah. really fun really good times uh, yeah great game awesome yeah. uh let's end up with you zach who already yeah. spoiled it on twitter <laughs> I did but I, uh, how far did you get zach i, I texted you late last <laughs> night alex I, I texted dustin and i was like should i have done that and he's like it's oh, a spoiler and then i posted a, a, a gif and it was like someone saying like is it really though i mean do we really have any <laughs> you really guess it <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's on, uh, so for doom playing doom, it's, I noticed it's one of these games where the better you do, the better you do, if that makes sense. Right. Is that because if you get to that level, you're talking about Dustin and you've, 
started from scratch every time on that level, you're always going to start with a dang pistol and nothing else, right? Mm-hmm. But if you came from two or three levels prior and you hadn't yeah. died, you'd be yeah. stockpiling weapons. You keep all your stuff, And the game just awesome. gets easier as yeah. you go. But you, it's kind of like you got to incrementally get better and then the game gets easier, right? You, you know what's really frustrating is if you've missed one of the shotgun pickups and then you get to their areas, it's like, picks up four shotgun shells. Picking yeah, like, up four I wish shot- I had a and I, I just, oh, good. I have 50 shotgun shells. I can, what am I going to throw <laughs> exactly. them at the guy? Like, damn it. But so, it was yeah, nice. you got to get those shotguns. Because like my recent playthrough, I had like, I think it was all seven weapons or whatever it was. And it was nice because yeah. you can just choose one for the job, hold on to your rocket launcher for bosses or for, you know, real strong enemies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a big deal. Um, so I got through the uh, whole Knee Deep in the Dead episode, all nine levels or whatnot. Um, I was really surprised to see the ending. The game is 27 years old. I'm not going to about spoiling this. Um, so when you beat the last boss, it's two of these like devil guys. You beat the bosses. You walk up to this platform and there's this really menacing looking like, you know, demon in a pentagram thing. You step on the, it's like a sensor, right? Kind of warps you somewhere. You step on it. You immediately go into a dark room, pitch black, surrounded by enemies and they kill you like mm-hmm. instantly. And, and it's like you're firing and everything like that. And then the ending starts and it's kind of like has some you know, tongue in cheek thing. It's like, oh, what happened? Why did I die? Da, 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 da. And it's to, it's to kind of continue the story. I read somewhere that like a future episode, you know, he's dead and Doom Guy comes back to life or something. I'm not up on my Doom lore, but, but it's kind of this ending where you can't win. And I thought even that was so creative and funny because I was like sitting there watching the ending going, did I mess up? Did I suck? Like what, right. what's happening the alternate here? Ending? Is this the re- yeah, to get the bad ending, whatever. Um, and, you know, so I got through all of that. Um, I will say a couple more things. One is um, you got to use saves to your advantage in this game. So, like, if you do really well in a level, just you can save it at any time. So that's how I was kind of doing that to, to help me along. So that's one thing. Um, and then another is playing the later episodes will help you get a lot sharper because they're, they're a little bit harder. You learn about the whole thing. Like Alex, like you said, hiding behind the walls. And so you have to use a lot more tactics. And then when you go back to... Um, knee deep in the dead, it's like a walk in the park. So it's kind of like helps you, you know, sharpen your your tool a little bit more when mm. you play the later levels. But I loved the later episodes. My favorite level of, that I played in the whole game was episode two, map two. It's called it's called the containment area. It has large like shipping boxes everywhere, and you're constantly looking around corners and inching through, and you don't want to get boxed in, no pun intended, by like enemies and stuff. So it's just again, it's one of those levels where you feel the designers trying yeah. to work up yeah. against you and force you to do things where you're like, I'm not going to do that. You, there's a big open <laughs> room. There's a switch right in the middle of it. I'm not going to go in there and hit that switch because I know exactly what's going to happen. And it's, it's entertaining when things fall on you and, and they play tricks on you. I, I, I love it about this game. But yeah, but yeah beat that first shareware copy because I'm, I'm excited. Perfect, perfect. All right, now that we know our scores, it's time to see if any of our listeners can beat Retro Game Guys at Doom. Thanks to all of our listeners who sent us their scores by using the hashtag BeatRetroGameGuys. Here's the top five. These guys all finished knee-deep in the dead on Hurt Me Plenty setting. Uh, so we had Retro Gaming Rocks. We had Hyde 209. Uh, buddy uh, LJ White 28. Uh, our buddy Guillermo uh, at Guillermo Salva 1. Uh, he, I got to mention his memory, although it wasn't from back in the day. It was just too good. He said he's loved finding out my seven-year-old daughter is a cold-blooded demon assassin. <laughs> yeah, take that! She yells after shooting a zombie man in half. Thanks, retro game guys. 
Uh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> we've created a monster. Uh, and our last of the five who created, who finished the game would be Jacob at jcast6502. Uh, he finished episode one and also shared with us that he even went through uh, episodes two and three using that Ultimate Doom game that we talked about. So very cool. Congrats, guys. Yeah. You can all say that you beat Alex and Dustin. So hey, there you go. That's good enough. That's good, good enough. enough. That's not not exactly a surprise, um, but <laughs> we'll get you sometime. I swear. <laughs> yeah, it's not enough that we had Zach beating us for two years straight. Now we're getting the listeners in on it. Now huh? we're getting laughed. while you're down. <laughs> yeah. Little, yeah, and take that. A little take that, curtain, funny man. A little behind the curtain too is, you know, we talked about keeping the beat retro game guys thing as an ongoing, you know, segment in the podcast. It was like no prize this time, but like we want to just have everyone play along, and so use that hashtag at any time to play any game that we're doing in the future. Absolutely, for sure. All right, now it's time to head over to Collector's Corner. Zach, over to you. Thank you, thank you. Well, uh, most console versions of Doom are not terribly expensive. So as you're saying, Dustin, you can get you know the digital copy for a few bucks if you want to collect the physical stuff. The PlayStation port's like 30 bucks. Jaguar's 40. Uh, 32X version's around that same price point, 45 bucks. So it's not too, not too expensive. Um, I did track down some copies of the original 1993 shareware versions uh, on two floppy disks. Mm. Um, And those run you about 75 bucks. Um, But of course, you're going to need an old school PC to run the game. Um, So that costs you a few bucks extra. Go to your local, you know, uh, dump or whatever. uh, Pick one up. Um, I just recycled two of my old towers too. I'm so bummed about that because they had floppy drives. They had CD drives. Oh, man. OS2 for life. There's a oh reference for you there. <laughs> Talk about failed uh, operating systems. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. And another thing too is if you get these, so if you decide to get the floppy disk, say you do have an old computer laying around, um, there is a concern around floppy disk reliability. I don't know if you guys have, have uh, heard about this, but yeah. you know, magnetic media. It's like hard floppies. to get a reliable floppy. Yes, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> can't rely on those floppies. Um, they're magnetic media, media. They've got a limited lifespan, right? And some collectors have said that you know, only 50% of the discs that they buy used actually work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could vouch for some of this. I, when I bought my Commodore 64, I had trouble getting a few games to load. Um, of course, there were, those were the big, like five and a quarter the floppy disks. Actual disc. floppy Actual ones. floppy disks, right. Yeah. Um, and I've also held off on buying a Famicom disk system because a lot of the collectors in that community have shared similar issues with, even with unopened, they call like new old stock games you know, you pay like a hundred dollars for an open game, you put it in, it's a, it's already demagnetized. No, oh, that's, that's so, so disappointing. Yeah. It's a bummer. So if you, our listeners, any of our listeners like successfully collect, um, floppies and you guys have something to say about that, you know, share, you know, share your experience on our socials. We'd love to love to hear from you. Um, there are still some shareware CDs floating around for pretty cheap. I got one recently on eBay for nine bucks. Um, I, those are probably a little bit more reliable than floppies, as long as they're not scratched, of course. Right. Um, but for the serious Doom collector in your life, um, there are some big box PC versions of Doom, which which would look awesome on a shelf, like that great oh, artwork, yeah. big box. Totally. Um, but the ones I saw on eBay for, were going for about 200 to 400 bucks, depending on... You mean the artwork where he's shooting uh-huh. down? Yes. <laughs> With his abs. Right. You can't do. With his abs showing. Yeah. His nice six pack. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Nice. Well, overall, there's a, lots, there's a lot of versions of Doom out there to collect, and it would take even the most obsessive collector mm. a mm. long time to collect them all. Oh, boo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was Collector's Corner. Thanks for stopping by. All right. Uh, all right. Now it's time for our monthly retro Game Guys giveaway. 
we lost access to the vault, but JP wasn't going to let go of his doom floppy anyway. Hey, oh, this time around, (laughs) no, too much doom in there. Uh, (laughs) So this time around, we'll be sending our winner a gift card to the console of their choice. This month's winner is Guillermo S from Twitter. Zach, why did we pick Guillermo? Well, Guillermo has probably been the most frequent poster on Twitter for the past couple of months or so. I, I've agreed. Like, yep. Yeah. Do, do you got a job, dude? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, he just said a, he had us a family. I, yeah, I, I don't, I never seen the proof of that before now. No, he's a fun guy. We have <laughs> a lot great. of great conversations and he also regularly posts encouraging messages, hypes up our episodes to our community. I mean, he, he's, yeah. he is really like family and we really, yeah, he seems like a genuinely nice yeah, dude. We really, really appreciate it. Which so on he, Twitter is rare to find. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's gold, man. It's gold. Yeah. So Guillermo, thank you. And congratulations. You got yourself a gift card for the console of your choice. Woohoo! Nice. All right. Now it's time to reveal what games we'll be playing for our next episodes. In uh, two weeks from now, we'll be releasing our next quick play episode. And this time we'll be playing the arcade hit Paperboy. Yeah. What versions have you guys been playing? Uh, I've been playing the NES. NES? Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm playing the NES. Uh, the, um, I got the PlayStation version, which yeah. is great. Yeah. And also the Genesis and Game Boy. And I'll talk to you about those when we talk about Paperboy. And you know what version I played? Atari Lynx. So this is going to be a fun one. You're going to get a lot of different perspectives here. So join us there. Paperboy, well, I'm looking forward to tossing that one into the old console. Wow. (laughs) Barking up my tree, homeboy. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, don't don't want to back into that one. Um, (laughs) What? Oh. What? The cars what? in the driveway yeah, suck. Yeah. Oh. Uh, bye. Uh, yeah, it makes me want to break dance. Uh, Zach, uh, what will we go? Let's move you. on. We'll be playing. Uh, what's we're playing for our next main episode? Well, um, Paperboy 2. Just kidding. Yeah, um, right. Paperboy. Well, the I, papening. You know, I want to talk about Paperboy 2 so bad. I'm not. So I'm going to wait for the Paperboy episode. Anyway, well, our next episode is going to be historic. Well, by. Retro Game Guy standards, of course. Um, right. We are playing our first game from the 32-bit, 3D, CD, whatever you want to call it, era. Um, we'll be playing the vehicle battle game, Twisted Metal, PlayStation. Oh, first man. PlayStation game. Really? Yeah. All right. Get ready for those load times, baby. <laughs> uh, I guess I right. got to uh, find a PlayStation to buy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. This one's on the PlayStation Classic, but um, All right. we're probably going to branch out beyond those. 20 games or whatever was on those. So, uh, yeah. yeah cool. It might be time to plunk down. Yeah. yeah, and it's pretty cheap, too. I mean, what, with a PS1, like the redesigned PlayStation is like about 50 bucks maybe, and you get that with a controller. So, it's not, yep. it's not bad. Yeah. Um, so, we put out a call, I think it was a couple months ago now, where we asked our listeners, like, hey, if we do a PlayStation game, you know, modern game, like, or not modern game, <laughs> to our standards, <laughs> right? Like, 1990, when we get to 1994... <laughs> The funny thing is when I do play like, you know, CD games, like, you know, uh, uh, PlayStation games, I'm always like, wow, look at those graphics. I'm stuck in 8-bit land for all the time. <laughs> um, but uh, when, we, when we asked, you know, people what they wanted us to play, uh, Twisted Metal was the game that was most often mentioned. So yep. people want us to, to do this episode. We are excited to do it. So here we go. PlayStation, I, boys. I have fond memories of Twisted Metal, so I'm looking forward to popping that in. Cool, and we're gonna do. Uh, let's do a hashtag beat retro game, guys, for that too. Yep. Uh, and let's come up with some rules here. That for Twisted Metal, uh, really, it's can you beat Minion? Uh, that's the boss at the end of level six. So let's go for it. We'd love you all to play along. Post a picture with your score and use the hashtag beat retro game, guys, and let us know how you did. 
we'll share our top scores in our next episode. That's so there you go. All right, guys, let's wrap up here with a recap of this month's Doom rankings. I think there's not really third place. Sounds like we kind of tied yeah. here, uh, Mr. Alex Nice. So second place. Uh, deathmatch, deathmatch. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, deathmatch, yes. <laughs> but but can you play on the PC version, like on good old games or one of those sites, can you do an online Doom 1993 game? Like, let's figure that out. Like, I want to oh, do no. this. Yeah, we let's let's make try to make it happen. And our top Doom guy, the yes. best space marine around, of course, Mr. Zach. Yes. All right, My guys. flesh consumed. <laughs> That's all the time we have for our Doom episode. We hope you enjoyed this podcast, and it makes you want to go to Mars and stick a BFG up an imp's nose. All right. Ooh. For the retro game guys, Zach and Alex, I'm Dustin saying game on. Until next time, friends. The opinions and views expressed on the Retro Game Guys podcast represent the views of the speaker alone and are not the views of our employers.